0: What's up guys, it is Quinn here, back again with another video. And today we're gonna to be talking about some second year running backs. So basically I'm just gonna be going through all the fantasy relevant running backs who are going into their second year, talking about their current draft price, kind of just breaking them down as players, and then talking about whether or not I would buy or sell them at their current price. So kind of just like where I have them ranked and do I think you know their current ADP is appropriate. And when I'm talking about their ADP, I'm using underdog fantasy football, But I'm also kind of cross-referencing with the uh, fantasy pros consensus rankings, just kind of making sure those line up. And most of them did line up pretty well. And let's just jump into the first player. I feel like most people agree that this would be the number one second year running back, at least for this season. And that is Najee Harris. Right now he is being drafted as the RB5 and is going as like a mid to late first round pick. And in my opinion, I feel like that's a very fair spot for him. For me, he is my running back four. So I actually have him ranked a little bit higher than he is being drafted. And I would take him as like the fifth overall player. We saw him finish last year as the RB8 in points per game. He did that as a rookie. And he was kind of carried in his fantasy production by his massive workload. He was the number two running back in total carries, number one in total targets, and then was still very high in terms of per game numbers. So he was seventh in carries per game and then fifth in targets per game. I could see a decrease in those target numbers With big ben retiring because i mean he was just a check down merchant basically all the last season was not pushing the ball down the field and that led to some huge target numbers for Najee harris plus you know the steelers went out in the draft added some pass catching weapons around him but i think we could also see a big jump in his efficiency and touchdowns he got into the end zone 10 times last year which may not seem super bad you know double digit touchdowns is definitely not terrible but when you're playing 17 games carrying over 300 times, and then having 94 targets, you know, almost reaching that 100 number that should be resulting in over 10 touchdowns. I think this passing attack for the Steelers is going to have a lot more respect from defenses. That's going to open things up for Najee Harris. And when we're looking at high end running back ones, you want a guy who you think has a very safe floor, but also has that high end ceiling where they could potentially be the RB1. I feel like Najee Harris kind of has that perfect combination so I am a big fan of Najee Harris and like him as like a high-end RB1 option and a mid first round selection. Now moving over to kind of the clear RB2 this year in terms of second year running backs, it is going to be Javante Williams. He's been drafted as the RB11. That is a late second round pick. And for me, I'm actually gonna be selling this price. I think I'm likely gonna be lower than consensus on Javante Williams, probably throughout the entire offseason. I think a lot of people got really hyped about him you know, uh, before Melvin Gordon came back and they still want to, you know, push him up as a super elite running back. But don't get me wrong. I don't think this is a terrible value for him. Personally, I feel like the earliest I would pick him would be like early third round. And he does fall outside of my top 12 running backs. So just a little bit lower, but you know, he's a high end RB two for me. So I don't think this is some kind of crazy discrepancy here. And I actually do think he'll probably finish as like a fringe running back one. So if he finishes the RB 11 in points per game, I would not be shocked. But for me, if I'm drafting someone as like a back end RB one, I probably want some super elite safety, or I'm going to want someone who has that high end ceiling. And I'm just not seeing the ceiling here for Javante Williams. I would have been all over him for fantasy if Melvin Gordon did not return. But unfortunately for Javante Williams fantasy value, that is just not the reality of the situation. I do think Javante Williams is the better running back compared to Melvin Gordon. But actually, when you look at their production from 2021, it was basically identical. So just running through Javante Williams first, 11.9 carries per game, 4.4 yards per carry, 3.1 targets per game, 7.3 yards per reception. And then Javante averaged 12.1 points per game. That's PPR. And that was the RB 26 in points per game. Then you look at Melvin Gordon, averaged 12.7 carries per game. Four and a half yards per carry, 2.4 targets per game, 7.6 yards per reception, and then averaged 12.2 points per game and was the RB 24. So basically, kind of comparing those, Gordon had slightly higher carry per game number, slightly higher yards per carry, you know, a little bit less targets per game, a little bit more efficient in terms of yards per reception, and then averaged 0.1 points per game more. So this was a total, you know, 50 50 split. I don't think it's going to be that close. You know, here in 2022, I think Javante is definitely going to be the lead, you know, the lead back there. I think he's going to be the clear RB1, but I don't think this is a situation where he's going to be the workhorse and Melvin Gordon is like his handcuff. You know, it's probably not going to be 50-50, but I feel like at best, it's probably like a 70-30 for Javante Williams, but probably more realistically, like a 65-35, 60-40. If you have two running backs who can both get it done, you know, why not kind of split the load? Instead of having one guy, you know, take way more touches, take more of a toll on his body, especially when you're going to have Javante Williams for at least two more seasons when Melvin Gordon's probably closer to the end of his career. You're looking at the offseason changes for the Broncos. Russell Wilson, you know, joining the team definitely gives Williams a bump because this offense as a whole is going to be a lot better. But I'm still just not seeing the upside here with Javante Williams, especially when you're looking at some of the players being drafted around him, even behind him guys like Leonard Fournette and Saquon. Those are both players who could have three down workloads Fournette on a really good offense. Saquon, we've seen in the past, he does have an elite ceiling. So I do like the player, but I'm just not gonna be interested in him at his current price. Now moving over to the third running back, third second year guy, it is going to be Travis Etienne. And he's being drafted as the RB22. That is a late fifth round selection. And for me, I'm fine buying him at this price. He's kind of a tough player to break down and analyze because we straight up just haven't seen him play an NFL game. He missed the entire 2021 season with a foot injury. And I think, you know, the uncertainty of his role is kind of baked into that RB22 price. You know, it's like a late, you know, RB2. We don't know what we're gonna get out of him. We don't really know how he's gonna be used. But I do think just looking at his talent and his college production, we know he does have a three down skill set. And personally, I was fading Travis Etienne heading into the 2021 season, but that was because James Robinson was there, and I thought this was going to be a committee. With J-Rob's injury, there is no guarantee he is back by the beginning of the season. There's also no guarantee he's even going to be close to the same player You know, we've seen the past two years. I really like James Robinson, but those Achilles tears are tough, and I kind of feel like everyone is just projecting this uh, Cam Akers timeline onto James Robinson. When people are forgetting, like that Cam Akers return time was the exception to the rule. That is not the typical return. Some players never even come back from those Achilles tears. Plus, we have to remember Cam Akers didn't even look good when he did get back from that injury. So I'm just looking at the other running backs going in this range. You've got guys like Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs. Both of those guys are fairly limited in terms of their roles. You know, they're probably just going to be early down grinders, especially Antonio Gibson. Like that is a full on committee. Josh Jacobs, maybe you could see more upside, but you got McDaniels coming in there. You have a ton of other competent running backs, but then you look like Travis Etienne. You know, I feel like who just has significantly more upside than these guys and could be walking into a wide open running back room, assuming he's hundred percent healthy heading into the season. So I do like him, even though there's some risk there, you know, I feel like the risk reward kind of balances out. And makes his price very fair. And then, kind of the fourth big name guy, I guess you would say, not a huge name, but you know, a very solid producer last year, Elijah Mitchell. He's being drafted just a little bit after Travis Etienne as the RB24, a late sixth round pick. And I think he's a buy at this spot, just seems to be a very fair price. You know, I feel like there's kind of this very clear tier break with Elijah Mitchell for most people. You know, you have Elijah Mitchell going as a back end RB2. Then looking at the players after him, AJ Dillon, Cordero Patterson, you have Miles Sanders, who I think is wildly undervalued, but that's kind of a you know a topic for a different video. And then guys like CEH. So players who are there like RB2s and good offenses. Cordero Patterson's kind of a weird example. CEH, he's in a committee. So I think, you know, Elijah Mitchell is firmly ahead of those guys, but maybe, you know, kind of firmly behind some of the running backs going ahead of him. He really did have a great rookie season, averaged 15 points per game, was the RB 15 in points per game. So very, very solid as a rookie producer. The thing with Mitchell is he isn't gonna give you super well-rounded production. Like you're not gonna see that ceiling out of him. He'll be very effective and efficient on the ground. He actually averaged the fourth most carries per game last season, and then had a solid you know, 4.7 yards per carry clip. You just know the 49ers are gonna set their running backs up for success. He's not going to give you anything special in the receiving game, especially on the 49ers. They really just don't use their running backs consistently as receivers. And then he scored six touchdowns in 11 games. You could say that was kind of unlucky, but I don't know if he's ever going to be a big touchdown producer on this team, especially looking forward. Trey Lance is going to be a threat on the red zone. I'm assuming that he is going to be the quarterback. And then if they continue to use Debo Samuel as a wide back, he's also going to be a threat, kind of taking away touches. Even if he's not used consistently as that wide back, maybe they give him a few carries per game and they're probably gonna wanna get their money's worth you know, in key situations. So he could also be vulturing some touchdowns. The 49ers did go out and draft Davis Price in the third round. So maybe some competition there, but based on how Elijah Mitchell performed last year, I feel like he's gonna be locked in as the RB1. Hopefully Price is just kind of used as depth, but you really can never be sure with Kyle Shanahan because remember last year, You know, we thought it was going to be Trey Sermon behind Raheem Mostert. All of a sudden, Trey Sermon's nowhere to be found, and it is Elijah Mitchell balling out as the RB1. So even if his ceiling is capped, I still think, you know, you're getting a decent running back too in the sixth round, which I think, you know, is some nice value. And then the last second year running back I'm going to talk about here, he is going way after all the players I've already talked about, but it is going to be Michael Carter being drafted as the RB43 That is like a 12th round value. And for me, even though he is going this late, this is still going to be a sell for me. His value has just totally plummeted with the Jets drafting Brees Hall. But even with like this huge fall off, I honestly still think he is being picked too high because he did have a solid, you know, rookie season. So when you're getting this late in drafts, people are kind of just like attaching to name value. Oh, Michael Carter, you know, he was a decent back end running back too towards the end of last year. So they'll snag them, you know, late in drafts, but I don't even think Michael Carter can be considered like a handcuff to Brees Hall. Cause if Brees Hall goes down, I feel like this is going to be a full on committee. Like Michael Carter wasn't the clear RB one last year. It was Michael Carter. You had Ty Johnson, Tevin Coleman was getting opportunities. So if Brees Hall is injured, I don't think this is a situation where Michael Carter becomes, you know, like a back-end RB two, you can plug into your offense. I feel like you're not going to be able to trust any of those guys. So looking at some players who are actually going after Michael Carter, and I think most platforms, you've got Tyler Algier, Rashad White, and Isaiah Spiller. Tyler Algier, actually all those guys are rookie running backs, just happen to work out like that. But Tyler Algier could have a role from day one. And then you're looking at guys like Rashad White, Isaiah Spiller. Those are both like handcuff options who are going to be in great situations. So give me the shot on those guys, where Fournette or Eckler go down. They could come in and give you like high end RB2 production, assuming they kind of win the RB2 roles, but I'd much rather go after players like that. Then, you know, Michael Carter, who's going to be in a murky situation, even if Brees Hall isn't there on a bad offense. So those are just my thoughts on some of these second year running backs. Let me know what you guys think down below in the comment section. As always, thank you for stopping by and I'll see you in the next one. And tomorrow I'll be talking about second year wide receivers. So look out for that. Thank you guys again. Peace.